Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Thank you. Well, it's great to be in church. Some of you might have been at the Blessing of the Fleet last night. What a privilege it was for eight or nine of the pastors and leaders of our town to be asked to pray and blessing over all the whale watch boats. But not only the whale watch boats, they all line up now, the police boat, the volunteer marine rescue boat, the coast guard, all the research vessels. We blessed 16 boats last night. They just kept coming in and said, we want to be blessed. How awesome is that? I think that's just incredible. And uh, it was just so good to be able to bless everyone. And then the men, we had Pastor John Lewis speak at a barbecue, and he's going to be here for the second service, and he's a great preacher of the Word of God. But I just thank God for his presence. During the week, someone put $5,000 into our Home for the Harvest account as we're just believing for increase and planning for our next week. God just stirs our hearts, whether it's $20 or $5,000. God just blesses us. Why don't we pray right now as we get ready for the Word. Father, you're so good. We want to thank you for your blessing, your encouragement, your strength, your favor, Lord, your discernment and wisdom of what's really happening around our lives and in our nation. I thank you for your blessing over us. Lord, speak to us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Give someone a high five as you take your seat and uh, let's get ready for the word of God. Wow. I just love God and His presence. Hey, there's lovely fresh mornings and beautiful sunny days. God is uh, so good. And we had the Sozo training this week and we had people from all over the region come. And we had uh, three ladies from Bethel Church from America that were here doing specialist training. So it's great too. And they went over to Fraser Island on Tuesday and we prayed and said, Lord, show them a whale. They just get out of the harbour and there's a whale swimming around the ferry on the way to Harvey, over to Kingfisher. And uh, people saw them off the... Uh, uh, front out here just a few days ago. So God's good. He blesses us. Just want to pick up uh, a couple of weeks ago, we started a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I shared the beautiful picture of the dove represents the Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus got baptized, the dove came down. It's one of the pictures of the Holy Spirit. And the dove has two wings, and that's why they fly. But on each wing, on the tips of the wing feathers, there's nine points on each feather. And I think that speaks about one side is the nine fruit of the Spirit and the other side is the nine gifts of the Spirit. So if we want to grow in our faith and be fruitful, we need to have the fruit and the gifts growing, flourishing and functioning in our lives. And I think what a beautiful picture God has in creation. And so we've been talking, a while ago we talked about the fruit of the Spirit that grow and we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says now about the spiritual gifts... Special endowments given by the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are distinctive um, varieties of spiritual gifts and special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 7 it says, To each the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And so, often we can lift off the nine fruit of the spirit, but people sort of think, well, what are are the nine gifts? And some people say, well, there's prophecy and there's uh, um, healings and miracles. 
But there's nine incredible ways that the Holy Spirit reveals himself through our lives. And some say, well, that's just for the evangelists and the, and the prophets. No, it's for the body of Christ. Because it says the Holy Spirit distributes as he determines and as we need in our lives, in your family, in your business. And uh, we've looked at the gift of the word of wisdom, which is not just general wisdom, but there are times where you're in business and you're praying and all of a sudden a word of wisdom comes. And you think, you know which way to go or in your parenting, or in our relationships, in our ministry. A word of wisdom will come which is supernatural. It's beyond what you have learnt or studied or known from previous experience. Then there's a word of knowledge. And once again, that's just not knowledge because you've got three university degrees. That is a piece of information, knowledge that God knows you need now to help you to live a fulfilling, overcoming life. God might give you a word of knowledge about what is the issue that's been holding your life back, wrestling through fear or shame or guilt or addiction. All of a sudden, you'll be worshipping God or praying or reading the Bible or driving your car, having a shower or just get up in the morning and you say, I know, I, I got it. Because God's finally got through to you and we're, at, we're ready to receive that little piece of knowledge that supernaturally has been given us and think, now I understand why this has been happening in our lives or our family. How awesome is God that he's involved in every area? Today I want to move on to the third one, which is the discerning of spirits. Wow, do we need this more than ever. There are so many spiritual forces. There are so many political correctness forces. There are so many people's opinions and agendas and philosophies and false religions and everything just all around us. And with the internet and computer and, and media, everything comes bombarding us all the time. We need discernment more than ever of what's from God, what's general wisdom, and what's from the schemes of the enemy. We need to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need to discern what is our own voice, and we need to discern what are the schemes and lies of the enemy to hold people back, to destroy and hinder our lives and our society. So I want to look at the discernment of spirit. This is the third gift of revelation of insight. It is not the gift of judgment or criticism. So I say, I've got the gift of discernment, and so they go around judging and criticizing and say, well, you're wrong and you're wrong. That's not what it's about. And I've met one or two Christians like that, and they are really not very pleasant people to be around. And you sort of see them come and you avoid them because they just criticize and judge everything. Jesus said, I did not come to judge, but I come to bring life, and mercy triumphs over judgment. So God's grace. There are times to discern and deal with issues, but it's not that. It's not or just the discerning of people. It is supernatural insight into the spirit realm of good and evil and of human spirits. So we need to know wh whether this is of God, of the enemy, or just human wisdom. And often it's all mixed up. But God doesn't want us to live a life of confusion, but of clarity, led clearly by the Spirit. Pastor Doug preached a great message last week on those who are sons of God, sons and daughters of God, are led by the Spirit of God and being led by the Holy Spirit in our journey. And just to let you know, in two weeks' time, we're going to have an official send-off and release of Pastor Doug and Becky at the 10.30 service on the 27th. We're just going to have a service to bless them and uh, we'll have a Canada cake and everything else to send them off and bless them and release them. So that's happening in a couple of weeks' time and uh, so that we can bless them. Discerning of spirits. The Bible um, is there all the time explaining it. There's plenty of examples. 
So the discerning of spirits, sometimes you'll get a stirring in your heart that you can trust this person, or this person will be a blessing, or that, that information is going to really open something up, and you get really excited. Other times you get this warning, uh-uh, don't, don't get connected with that person in a business partnership. Don't hang out with that person because they're going to poison your mind with wrong ideas and philosophy. Some of you are nodding your heads because you've, we've, we've been down the journey and got caught sometimes. Or we've had the reward when the Holy Spirit says, hey, they're going to be a blessing. Get connected, learn all you can from it. And you do and you look back and think, wow, what a blessing that person or that group of people or that prayer group or that life group or the church that you're connected with. God wants us to learn. And as we were worshiping before, I saw a picture of some traffic lights. I thought, aha, I know what that's about. That's part of the sermon on discernment. I believe we live with a green light philosophy when we're walking with God. If you're reading the Bible and praying and worship, you walk with a green light philosophy. But when and if you're heading into danger or it's time to wait, sometimes the red light comes on and says, stop, don't go there, wait. And then sometimes you get the orange light, which is slow down or wait. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to lead us so that you can live. I live with a green light philosophy because I'm trusting, I pray every day, God lead me and guide me. I'm not waiting for five confirmations. I don't need to have three pink taxis go past my door and, and, and a camel walk down the street to confirm this is a word from God. I'm being a little bit uh, facetious there. But sometimes we get into a place where we want so many confirmations that we just never do anything. I live with a green light philosophy that if you're trusting God, reading His Word and uh, believing for Him to lead you, that you keep moving forward in the opportunities, the uh, situations. You keep moving forward until there's a yellow or a red light to say slow down or stop. And I believe that's a, a healthy way to live. And God will put the right people around you to have wisdom. And if we all know what happens if you drive through a red light. Very dangerous. Some of you have been, one of our young ladies was driving home the other Sunday night from church and a lady ran through a red light and hit her. Thankfully, she's doing okay. But yeah, she's in church today, Sarah. Bless you. You know the danger of someone going through a red light. And a few of us have gone through some red lights in our walk with God. Or we've, God said, don't do it. Don't invest in that. Don't keep hanging out with that person because that relationship partnership will be dangerous. And some of us in our zeal or maybe our youthful enthusiasm or maybe because we thought this was going to be good and we overrode and argued and says, God, I know you're telling me to slow down, but I, I think this is going to work. I really like that. And so our own spirit overrules the spirit of God. Let's have a look at this discerning of spirits. A couple of Bible examples. There's some amazing ones in the scriptures. Matthew 16, 21 to 23. Our friend Peter, Apostle Peter, I love Peter. He's the only guy that within a couple of verses in the Bible was commended by God because Jesus said, who do people say I am? And they're all saying, Elijah the prophet. And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, awesome, Peter. You get top of the class today. You've got a revelation from God and pats him on the back. Next sentence, Jesus says in verse 21, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and says, Jesus, come here a minute. I've got to tell you something. 
as if you do that to Jesus, Son of God. But Peter, he just he was just out there, you know. We all know someone like that, don't we? Maybe you're like that. So he took him aside and he began to rebuke him and says, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Whoa. One minute he's got the revelation better than any of the other spiritual disciples. Now, in the next breath, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Here, the gift of discernment was working in Jesus, and he very quickly discerned Peter's human desire. He didn't want anything bad to happen to Jesus, so he's trying to protect him and stop him. But that was a scheme of the enemy moving through his human spirit to try and thwart the plan of God, which was Jesus had come to be the saviour of the world and to die on the cross for your sin and make a bridge and a way for us to get connected back to the Father. So Jesus was moving in the discerning of spirits to discern Peter's genuine motivation to try and protect Jesus physically, but it was a coming from the heart of the enemy to try and thwart the plan of Jesus. You see how it can be mixed in there? But the Holy Spirit very clearly flowed through Jesus. And Peter took a while to get that right, but eventually he did and became a great leader in um, the church. How about Ananias and Sapphira? (coughs) The Spirit of God had been poured out. Acts chapter 5. They're all excited. The uh, Holy Spirit's been poured out. The church, thousands of people have come to Christ. And now they're being generous and sowing and giving. But Ananias and Sapphira, they had some land and they sold it. And they bought the money to give to the apostles. But they gave some of it and they lied and said it was all so that they looked like they were more generous and more spiritual. I think, well, is that really a big deal? It really is because they were being deceptive. And if they got away with it, others would start to get away with it. And a whole integrity and credibility of the body of Christ would have been quickly destroyed in the community. And so here's, they come, Ananias. So that's another story. We've got two stories happening here. Yes, sorry, here it is. Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept yourself some of the money you receive from the land. Now, they could have chosen to give just 10% or some. That's not a problem. But they gave some and lied and said it was all. They could have given none. That was their choice. But when you do something and then pretend it's something else, that's deception. And you might get away with it a few times, but eventually it will undermine your character and it will destroy trust and credibility in a family. And sadly, some of us have been brought up in households where that happened. Promises were made and then it was never fulfilled properly and it destroys your trust. And some people can't trust God because they've been damaged because people have deceived and lied by their words and their actions said something else. But the Holy Spirit's here to help us become true, real. What we say is what we do and if we can't do it, we apologize say, look, I really intended to do that, but I'm unable to fulfill it. Please forgive me and try and move on. But they were deceiving. At the beginning of the church, Peter didn't have any idea what was going on, but the Holy Spirit told him they are being deceptive. The sad part was they fell down dead before the Lord. Wow, that would sort out some offerings, wouldn't it? 
and everyone got scared. And it goes on a few verses later, say, everyone was amazed at what happened, but it says the church grew rapidly. You'd think everyone would stay away. Don't go there. If you do it wrong, you're, you're finished. But there was such a move of God that the people flocked there because they said, wow, we can trust the leaders and the people here because they're going to do it right. And that was a very strong judgment of God, but it was the beginning of the church and there was a significant um, encounter happening. So that, thank God that doesn't happen every day. Otherwise, some of us would have been in trouble somewhere along of our journey. That's called we live under grace. Thank you, Jesus. But the Word of God came to, uh, to them. What about this one? This, this one blows me away. Simon the sorcerer. The, Bible, the power of God's moving, Acts chapter 8. And Simon, we'll read the story briefly because it's a very powerful story. And a sorcerer was obviously someone doing witchcraft and doing miracles, but not in the name of Jesus. It was a deceptive power. Just like we see ads on telly, we see people supposedly prophesying or giving people future, but it's from the kingdom of darkness and it's causing uh, destruction and fear over people's lives. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. That's a whole state or a region. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention to his claim, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, Philip, one of the deacons, comes and starts preaching the true message of Jesus... As he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them. They received the Holy Spirit. When Simon, the sorcerer, he'd made a response to God, but his heart hadn't changed. When Simon, the sorcerer, saw that the Spirit was given at the laying of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me this also ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. Oh, oh. I've met one or two people over my journey of life who have thought they could influence God by their money to buy their way to heaven or buy their influence in other people's lives. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this weakness and pray the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. This guy made a response to Jesus, but his heart wasn't changed because he still trusted in the other powers. Wow. So when you yield to Jesus, let go of all the other junk. Just let go of the trusting in uh, any other supernatural stuff, any other philosophies, any other teachings that don't have Jesus at the center and there are so many subtle things today that try and crowd and disrupt people's lives and I'm amazed that people try to mix it all up and say well God's in there that's fine some divine power but if Jesus isn't at the center if you don't acknowledge Jesus as the way the true life it will lead to pathways of confusion and strife and so this guy 
Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. Thank God his heart now started to get right. How did this all work? Because Philip and the, the leaders had discernment from God of what the real issues were. And he could look like he was now fully converted and transformed. And I don't want you to get suspicious, but I want us to be led by the Spirit and be wise in all that they do. And there's another story of another sorcerer in that area. He, got, uh, he tried to stop what God was doing and um, one of the, I think it was Paul spoke to him and he became blind instantly. God blinded him so he couldn't see. And, and we're dealing with real stuff and I, I know this is pretty full on, but I want to encourage you that in this world there's a lot of deception out there and the Bible says, someone said to Jesus, what will be the sign of the last times? And the first thing he said was, do not be deceived. The first thing Jesus said when they, he didn't talk about um, the mark of the beast and, and all the other antichrists, the first thing Jesus said was, don't be deceived. Wow, because there are so many things that look right or that seem to be mixed up and say, well, we can have that and that. No, we're led by the Spirit and Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And there are so many philosophies and inner faith uh, dynamics. I had the uh, media ring me to this week and asked me for some comments on things and they were trying to take me down this inner faith and everyone's we're every all the paths lead the same way I said no 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 that's not how it works and we've just got to speak the truth in in love we've got to declare that Jesus is the way the truth we love everyone but we don't agree with every idea and philosophy there is a difference you love everyone you don't get angry because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood we're not fighting other people other people who don't understand the way of Jesus are deceived or they believe stuff that's half-truths and it's, it's confusion and it will bring unfruitful works in their lives. And God wants to teach us. And maybe you're a new Christian saying, well, I just don't know what's right and wrong. This is too confusing. If you pray, grow in the Word of God, ask for wisdom, you'll be amazed how quickly. I was at a church preaching recently and there was a bit of confusion in town. There's a guy that was preaching in that t area and he had a real mixed motive about what he was doing. And the pastor was really concerned. A few of the people had drifted off and one of the new Christians went to one of their events and they were praying and, and saying, well, God, protect them. Anyway, this lady came back and they said, how did you go? She, she looked and says, that was weird. They're, they're cultish. She was a four-month-old Christian and she discerned all that was going on. And some of the more mature Christians had been duped by what was happening in that town. I thought, wow, some of the newer Christians, they see it clearer because they can see light and darkness. They've come from dark darkness and they see the light. And I think, Lord, you're amazing how that you lead us and, and guide us. So don't be deceived. Be led by truth, the Word of God. Be led by the Spirit and you will see. And one more quick story, the divination, Acts 16. Once when... We were going, Paul and Silas, they were going to prayer. We were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. It sounded like she was saying the right thing. But she was led by, sadly, an evil spirit and her masters were making money out of her fortune telling. Paul was discerned by the Spirit that she was bound by not truth, not by the Spirit of God. And whatever future she was telling was mixed 
and the enemy has certain information and will, will deceive people. And that's why people go to tarot cards and fortune tellers and, and whatever, because I think, well, that'll help me with my future. Everyone that I've talked to, they will give you a piece of information that will connect and then often fear and darkness comes over their lives or they start to believe something bad will happen. It is not truth. And if you've been down that path, I encourage you to bring that and give it to God and say, Lord, release me from the power of those words. Lord, I want you to, be, to lead me by your spirit and truth. And he's our awesome, awesome God. And so Paul, finally, <coughs> she kept up for many days, finally Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, didn't yell at the girl, he turned to the spirit within her and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. And then we, we, some of you know the story, Paul and Silas got thrown in prison because the guys lost their way of making money and they end up getting beaten, thrown in jail and then they worship God right through the night. The power of God comes, an earthquake happens, all the prisoners' chains fall off, the doors of the prisons fly open, the jailer and his wife and the whole family get saved and the whole city's impacted because Paul dealt with a deceiving spirit. Not everyone's happy when you walk in the ways of the spirit, but let me tell you, it's a way of life and it will set people free. And I believe the spirit of God wants us to be not led by deception in things that are not right, but be led by the Holy Spirit. There's some really good verses don't be afraid of the enemy. You have authority in Jesus' name over every scheme of the enemy. Truth will lead you. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he will lead us in his ways. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 1 Peter 5, 8, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Folks, it's becoming less and less popular to stand up for Christian values in our nation. There is direct persecution coming against the fact of standing up for a Christian. We've got the whole uh, same-sex um, um, argument going on but there's so many other areas about speaking the name of Jesus in the playgrounds of our schools and all that's happening there is a concerted effort of the enemy to silence Christians there's a concerted effort of fear to try and get you to pull back and be a secret disciple and this is the very time we need to stand up not to be arrogant or rude but to be well thought through to present reasoned answers to declare the truth that Jesus is Lord and not be deceived in any way because it's time to leave a life free of deception and to speak the truth because there are thousands of people watching and find, wanting to see someone that has courage to stand for their conviction for the right reasons with a right heart of love and truth. And that's a challenge because the enemy will try and silence the church. He will try and bring pressure and intimidation in all sorts of ways. But I believe we're led by the Spirit. The light will shine in the darkness and there's a whole lot of people searching for someone to give some truth and clarity into every area of our lives, of education, into our lives of parenting and, and so many areas of social issues, we need to have men and women of God that speak. You don't have to get up in the lunchroom and start preaching to people, you just talk. Someone says, well, what do you think about this? Ask them what they think first, get, so you can clarify where they're coming from. Don't launch in and say, well, 
and preach to them with 35 verses of the Bible and they'll just say, well, I don't believe in the Bible and you're just a, you're just a relig- religious whatever. Hear their heart. Talk with them. Discover. Help them discover and say, hey, let's think about this. What is the fruit of that choice or that lifestyle? And share God's love and truth because so many people just believe what they're shown or taught on the media or whatever is the popular thing. We live in a popular culture instead of a truth-filled culture. And we need this discerning of spirits clearer than ever in our lives. Don't be religious or judgmental or weird. Let's be real. Speak the truth like Jesus did. There will be occasions where you'll need to take authority over a spirit of darkness. Often you do that in prayer. You don't have to confront people. These circumstances here were probably significant points where you won't deal with those often or every day of the week. You'll deal with them in prayer because we wrestle in the spirit. We take authority over forces that are trying to bring pressure or deception over our family or our lives or our values. And we need to speak the truth in love. And I believe the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is going to lead us. So you don't have to live in fear. Don't be overwhelmed by what's happening in our nation. There's a clash of light and darkness and of philosophies. We need to understand that our God's so much greater. He's the Lord Almighty. Almighty. His name is powerful. We're going to see how awesome is our God. In one moment, He can turn things around. You read the Bible. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon, which was the greatest country in the world. And in one moment, because he he was warned by the prophet of God, he kept saying, I'm the greatest. God struck him down. And for seven years, he lived like an animal in the fields until he had a revelation of God. Then he came back and he said, I was wrong. There is only one true and living God. Let me tell you, don't be afraid of the threats of nuclear war and what's happening. We don't know what's going to work, but let me tell you, our God's greater and He's created the heavens and the earth and Jesus came to split the beginning and the end. And I want to tell you, don't let fear rule your heart right now because the Spirit of God is greater. He's the Lord Almighty. He's our great and mighty God. He's our Saviour, our Lord, our King. But you need to be led by the Spirit and not allow deception or confusion or fear to rule your heart and your mind. The Spirit of God will show you if you ask the questions. Lord, do I trust that person? Lord, is what they're saying the whole truth or is it... Because deception often has a lot of truth and a little bit of error. That's what deception is. It's not a blatant outright lie because then you wouldn't... The enemy knows you wouldn't swallow it. And I believe we just need to be discerning. Not suspicious, just discerning. Love God. Trust His ways. And let light, because light's always more powerful than darkness. It will try and intimidate, but don't let it do it. Our God's awesome. Our God's awesome. He is so powerful. One more verse and we'll... I'm going to pick it up again tonight and move on with the gifts of healing. And I'm going to teach a little bit on how healing... God can heal through prayer and all sorts of ways. But sometimes there's a supernatural gift of healing. I had a pastor friend, amazing man of God. He got chronic fatigue and, and, and developed all these illnesses. And for six years, he had to resign his church. He was a man of faith. He had prayed and seen many people healed. I can't understand why he went this six-year journey. And he had to re- retire from ministry. He even got his payout for 
unable to function and work. He had all these illnesses. And many people had prayed for him. But he was in a meeting with an, an evangelist in Brisbane years ago. It's about 10 years ago this happened. And in that meeting, the evangelist had a word of knowledge about, described his situation. He jumped out of his seat totally and fully healed and restored. I can't explain why it took six years and all the other journey, but his testimony has touched so many people. God uses gifts of healing that are beyond just the prayer of faith. I've seen it. Mary Lynn's been healed several times. I remember after one of the kids, you had a damaged back from an epidural. And we had an evangelist and, and you responded and he put his hand on exactly the spot and instant healing. I can't explain that. That's a gift of the supernatural healing God. We need to make room for the supernatural of God much more often. And with discerning of spirits, we need to not be led astray, not be overwhelmed by fear what's happening. I'll read this last verse. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, For though we walk in the flesh, we're human beings. We, do, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Wow, wow, wow. Even as I'm speaking to the Holy Spirit's nudging some of you to have a rethink about maybe an attitude or a philosophy or an attitude of lifestyle or something that's been going on in your workplace or, in, or your circle of friends. And you go, oh, I just don't know whether this is right or not. Don't just go with the popular opinion. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask some mature men and women of God saying, hey, what's the Word of God say about this? Because there's so many alternative things happening and some of them are God-given blessings. But some of them are also full of deception. We want to live under the overflow of His presence. Let's stand in His presence today. What an awesome God we serve. The Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He leads us. Maybe today you're a newer Christian. You're saying, wow. I've never really thought about a lot of that, but God's taking you on a journey. Some of you right now are in the state of indecision on certain areas. God's trying to reach your heart. Listen. Inquire. Saying, Lord, what are you really saying? Show me from your word. Speak to me by your spirit. When I listen to the news, show me, help me to discern what is truth and what is error. And God will be amazing. He'll just say, hey, they're not telling the truth. That's not the whole story. Ask God to speak into our hearts. Let's reach up to heaven right now. Let's reach up to heaven as if we're just putting our antenna up. I put my hands up like they're antenna just to, to, to connect into the life of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, we lift our hands in surrender as if we're putting our antenna up to discern from the Holy Spirit what is right and wrong in our lives and our community. Lord, we just ask for there will be a... An, a sharpness in our discernment not for judgment not for critical thinking but lord for understanding of truth and light and i pray right now for some that have got a yellow light flashing in that area of their life that they will not ignore that but they'll say what does this mean help me to understand 
what this means in your relationships, in finances, in parenting, in business, in, in ministry and teaching. There's so many things you can just jump on and Google and get teaching. But what's the truth? What is truth and what's error? Holy Spirit, I pray that there will just be a sharpness and alert. Those that are red light flashing, and Lord, they've been nudging against that red light. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now you would show them what that red light's about and they will stop and surrender to God. And Lord, I pray that many will see the green light of running forward and the fullness and blessing. Holy Spirit, right now, let there be clarity come. I pray for some that have, it's like the traffic light's fuzzy and the sun's sort of shining in their eyes and they can't see whether it's a red or an orange or a green. I pray right now for clarity to come over everyone's heart in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, even hobbies and things we read and see and do, some are mixtures that you want to show us the right way. Lord, you're so good. I thank you for your blessing. Thank you for that you lead us by your spirit. I thank you, Father, that you're a loving Father that you teach us. Lord, that we do not have to have fear in our lives. We don't need to be overwhelmed. We do not need to be discouraged. We do not need to be afraid. But Lord, you lead us by your spirit and you lead us in a pathway of blessing, favor, strength, courage and overcoming. I pray that right now. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.